Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Melody Knight is on the show, an amazing musician and good friend of mine who just moved back to Seattle. This conversation feels like a really exciting one to have for the podcast, as it genuinely was both an artistic process and a reconnecting moment for two friends. You're going to be hearing a lot about Melody on the Seattle music scene this next year. I'm sure of it. Now, the first item Melody and I talk about is the intros to books and how we don't like being told what we're about to hear or read, so I should just get on with it. As always, be sure to subscribe to Bad at Parties so you don't miss out on our weekly artist conversations. You can do that on your phone, from your computer, really however you want to do it. Subscribe, Bad at Parties. Okay, here we go. Melody. I'm still not done. I'm still slowly Deepak reading. Chopra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. It's cool. The the intro is like was my least favorite part. I very much was like, yeah, Alan Watts. I'd like to read the book now. I would like to read this <laughs> because you're trying to explain what's about to be explained to me. I just want to read it. I just say that I, I just stopped reading intros. Yeah. In general, I was like, I just want to read the book. Right. Don't tell me anything. No, I've I've definitely come go to back the to it. practice. Well, I'm reading a book with my book club called American <laughs> Gods. Club. Oh, I know Cute. it's part of my work. <laughs> Um, but, Your um, job? Yeah, it's a bunch of people all work together. And we're all <laughs> reading like sci-fi and fantasy novels together. It's really fun. Wow. I know. Um, but we're just like almost done with it. And I'm at the point where it's like the next thing I'm going to do is like we're almost done. And so then I'll pick up the next book. But they've just been like, oh, yeah, the intro is like this. And I did it on audiobooks. So I didn't have the intro. Mm-hmm. And it's so good hearing them talk about what the intro is because I'm like, oh, oh, that's what it was. Cool. But you... <laughs> read like I like it now because I was like yeah that would have been like it would have been meaningless to be like this is what this is going to be about I don't care yeah I just want to get into it I just want to dive in yeah I read a book um by the uh, room with a view mm-hmm. Ian Forrest's book and it uh in the intro they tell me that the guy is gay and how like it was really wild for him to be writing this book like about a heterosexual like experience and so it's just such a funny thing so as i read the book i read it through the eyes of trying yeah, to be like a gay you. man right and i was like oh i wish i hadn't have read that because right. i just which wanted I, I, to... I totally get like that that but would maybe be... it gave more perspective to him i know and i feel like if like society at the time knew that mm-hmm. like and they were reading like right. when this was at I the height of its moment it's like okay i'm gonna try to enter into that frame of reference oh oh I don't know. What are we going to talk about today? How does this We're does talking it about it already. We're doing the podcast. <laughs> Wait, is it happening already? Yeah, check, it's, check. Re- it's recording. We've been doing the podcast for about two minutes so far. Did you really? Yeah. Andy! <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so great. It's just conversations. It's just people. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well? I mean, it's mostly like the stuff we were talking about last night <laughs> about like, I don't know, being back. Moving into a new city, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about that? Aside from, like, I, I guess, like, you and I were talking about it last night in this idea of trying to get everything in, feeling like you're, I don't know, trying to figure out how to not be in people's way and then, like, also mm. seek out people. But I feel like what you just said when you walked in the door was, like, I'm trying to do everything right now because <laughs> I haven't done anything in so long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that. I think it's this, I... I was thinking about, I've been here a week, and uh, what day is it today? Saturday. Saturday, Mm -hmm. a week and a half. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've done so many things. <laughs> so many things. This is the second time we've hung out. <laughs> yeah. You know, week and a half. Yep. Yeah, I don't after, hang out with anybody that much. <laughs> after how many times have we? Yeah, three times in five years. <laughs> That's what we decided. So this, we're off to a really good start. I know. This is a great ratio comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> of my time here. Yeah. I think I've been pretty excited about how a lot of chapters I've started writing living in so many different places Mm -hmm. you don't like you think you have closure on it Mm -hmm. and because you leave the place and that place kind of holds all those experiences the people that are there hold those experiences and so when you leave all of that it's over in a way and Mm -hmm. so it's it's weird to come back to a place that I had started writing thought I finished the chapter and Mm -hmm. but here I am back and it's not and it's almost like I'm writing a part two of, it's mm-hmm. not maybe the same chapter, a different chapter, but yeah. in the same place with a lot of the same people yeah. who have, like, the characters have changed. I have to re-get to know kind of their situations. People have had a really great time. People have had really bad times. And so it's interesting to see, to, re, to reinsert myself into it, something that I had started, that I didn't anticipate continuing Etc. Etc. Yeah, I think that that idea of moving back to a place like again talking about that Alan Watts book I was talking about, it's a lot about these ideas of being in the actual moment. And as I was reading this last little bit before you got here, I specifically picked it up and was like, oh, I'm going to read this because what you were talking about last night made mm-hmm. me think about it. But that idea of of being present, of being in the moment, of not saying, well, this is what I think people will be and trying to make them into this person, or this is who people used to be and make them into that person, but to actively enter into a moment being like, isn't this great? I'm actively (laughs) experiencing it. I'm not trying to translate you or project you into someone. I'm just experiencing you. Well, and I think that it will help this time in Seattle to understand that the last six months I kind of re- opened a different chapter by going back to a place I had been before. Yeah, going back into Reading. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was like I, I, I did all those things that I'm not doing now <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. So I did all that projection. I did all those expectations. And when I got there, and my, my experience was quite different. And so it, this is like a lesson learned in a way mm-hmm. coming to Seattle. And so I just... Um, I'm happy that not everybody... Well, now it's on a podcast. Not everybody needs to know that I have a little bit of practice and they could think I'm just a genius at it. Yeah, but our our audience base is too big. Everyone knows. Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, and so so I do have just like a current, uh, like quick turnaround Mm -hmm. and an opportunity, I guess, for for a quick turnaround in that I learn these things a little faster than... um, than I would have maybe if I had just jumped right back back into Seattle from mm-hmm. being in Europe. Right. And I feel like that's different than how you talked about writing before. In the, like, I went to, I moved back to a place I used to live, and it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it's really easy to blame the place and the people, mm-hmm. saying, like, it's your fault that I'm not having a good time. But I think it's also... You know, it's also like, is it my fault for saying, like, I want you to be these things? Yeah. Or is it your fault for not being those things for me? Right. And it's like, why does it have to be anyone's fault? (laughs) 
just let it be what it's going to be, you know? Exactly. But yeah. you're not aware of that, I think, until maybe you go right. through some disappointment. And Absolutely. And you <laughs> wake up a little. And I think that that's what makes this time in Seattle a little more precious is just um, or, or a better experience of integrating because I'm trying to let myself just be present mm-hmm. in what I have. Um, but it's been a topic moving quite a bit of being present in general and I realized that because I moved so much in my mind I didn't know how long I was going to stay a place and so I would feel like I want to get as much involvement or Mm -hmm. beautiful moments with as many people as possible sure because I'm learning that time doesn't I mean you don't have time ever but when we're comfortable in our lives we think we have time and because I haven't been comfortable with my life, I think I don't have any time. Mm. And so mixing that, that those two viewpoints with two different people trying to have a moment, mm. one thinks like, oh, I have all the time in the world with this person. The other one's like, I don't have any time. I better totally. soak it all up. Totally. I, I think like what I can feel a lot in that is doing this podcast, doing this like podcast or even just regular day-to-day friendships, which a lot of those can feel the same, like... I get a lot of anxiety before each podcast. I don't want to, but I definitely am like, oh no, they're going to come here. What are we going to talk about? And like, I'll get sick to my stomach and everything. <laughs> or even just like hanging out with friends just because there's a lot of social anxiety going on for me right now. Um, but so often by, by the time it's actually happening, it's fine. Like, I'm glad that you're here. I'm having a good time. I don't feel any of those sensations. It's truly the like, the your inner body trying to will the future to be a thing, which is just Mm. impossible for you. You're literally, I mean, like what a frustrating thing to try to do an impossible thing. Right. To just sit there being like, I'm going to will this to happen, but you just can't. And so I think that that, um, that's a big part of it too. I like how you explain it. I haven't heard it Hmm. in that way, like a physical projection into a, a, future moment that's right right around the corner it's not even like a plan for the future it's like in 20 minutes this is going to happen ah yeah (laughs) uh, make it good Uh, yeah be comfortable like that's like screaming at a child to like stop crying like (laughs) no you're gonna make the child cry more you dummy except you're the child and the crying is all of your anxiety wow you know that's a good way of seeing it i think about that with like with music and stuff like that you're Definitely coming to Seattle, like, trying to be like, okay, mm. arts, creativity, <laughs> I want to re-engage with these things, I want to make this a part of my life, and I think that it could be very easy to enter into this with a lot of, like, okay, I have to achieve X by Y date, mm-hmm. and then I will be happy mm-hmm. with myself and yeah. what I'm doing, whereas, like, what a way to set yourself up for failure, <laughs> I, I um, was, I, in, instead yeah. just to be like, here is a microphone <laughs> or here is a guitar I found in front of me or here's a keyboard or yeah. here are people that I want to play with and just yeah. saying I'm going to live in those moments and enjoy the moments. And, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it, it's coming back to setup in a way mm-hmm. and knowing yourself. So as I grow older, I learn I don't create when I'm in a chaotic life situation. Sure. Some people do. Sure. That's, Some do. That's not me. But mm-hmm. the artist way that I think of is that if it's if I'm a real artist or a real musician, I can create anytime I need it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, 
that's not actually the way I work. That's mm-hmm. my pro- that's like a an that's artist like, proje- projection yeah. on myself from that's myself like, of Melody. Be this. <laughs> be an artist. Right. Be this imagined concept of what an artist is supposed to be, it, rather than be yourself, who it, is an artist. Exactly. Already. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. also just knowing at what, how you, where you create best, mm-hmm. and know, and that I guess I I mean I'm experiencing that it takes time to learn that about yourself. Sure. At what. When are you creating your best work? And that's kind of been my struggle as I figure out, do I get a full-time job? Do I continue to hodgepodge my life together so that it gives me more time to create, less work? Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to come to the conclusion that you know more work equal, equals better art, maybe, mm-hmm. as well, just in... Um, time delineation and and, Mm -hmm. you know you'll be more purposeful if you have less of it in a way Mm -hmm. and so that's what I'm trying to figure out too here's a big question for me on that that I've actually been like fidgeting around with this idea is like this idea of what is for me and for like my own like ability to value it for myself what for you is like that idea of better art Mm -hmm. like how are you saying oh this art that I did compared to this other art that I did, this is the better art. Is it how it makes you feel? Is it how other people respond to it? I think it? it's it's actually completion. Hmm. I have so many... I've been wandering. I've lived this whimsical life mm-hmm. for years now, let's say four years, sure. wandering around Europe, thinking I'm going to be creating these little masterpieces, but I haven't finished anything. Hmm. So if I, I feel like I haven't quite started because I haven't quite finished any of this. And so I think that the better art is actually finishing a thing. Right. <laughs> I would like, I would feel satisfied with finishing, you know, a couple of the things that I've started. Maybe. And maybe that's a projection. Maybe the art is just that, or being an artist is just living that unfulfilled masterpiece in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Again, back in the book, like <laughs> there was this funny hyperbolic moment where he was talking about the ridiculousness of trying to get to the end of something as the goal. Like, uh, right. I'll be happy once I am <laughs> blank, like once I'm rich, once I'm old, once I'm dead, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or to, that would be like writing music for the last note. Like right. the whole point of the sonata is the last note. Right. Like the whole point of the sonata is listening to it, is the experience. And yeah. I think like definitely like, that that makes sense to me, like completing something. Mm. But I've put, been putting on myself less of that idea of completion, as in I've written the best thing, as in to be re- like I've I've hit a moment where I felt it fully. I felt mm. an entire song where I felt like I communicated something. And maybe that doesn't mean I recorded it and I, <laughs> and I mixed it up with a band and yeah. we put it out and it made a bunch of money. You know, like I think that that idea of completed is another intangible. It's yeah. another like ethereal idea and so I think completing something can be very much like a did I just did I give myself time right and did I and did I say that's good right and then walk away well in in a way how you have to maybe learn how to give yourself that positive reinforcement when you Mm -hmm. don't when when maybe the world doesn't give it to you as an artist and so maybe what I'm looking for and you made me think about like maybe I wrote it, so I finished it, but I haven't recorded it. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Doesn't, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean exist. That it didn't get finished. No. It just didn't go into a different iteration of it, or mm-hmm. or or where I think it's finished. And so maybe part of some helpful tools for myself is like applauding mm. the stages. I love that of 
development mm -hmm. and saying like, oh, I finished that well. I didn't finish it the way I thought I was going to finish it, but it's also finish, good job. Yeah. You'll finish the next step another time. Yeah. Or just get maybe or, baby, baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that because then, because I'm sure that even if you finish mm -hmm. the next iteration, I bet you could figure out another one. You're very creative. You're very business-minded. I'm sure you could figure out, ooh, sure. but this is the next step after that, and this is the next step after that. And to create an art that has no completion mm. is is to create insanity for yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally, is to, is to create a world where you can only fail. That is true. Yeah. And so I think maybe applauding yourself. I love that. I love that idea. As like to be your own more. art audience. And just be like, wow, I really love what I did. <laughs> That was fun for me. I think I, that I, would make it a lot less uh, um, maybe anxiety-driven in a way or sure. a lot less like dark and deep and intense or mm -hmm. you know, like self-sabotaging if we just celebrated maybe a little bit more of those, of those small things that we do do, like finishing mm -hmm. a line Dude, or it's so true. coming up with a word that really fit. Self-rewarding. <laughs> like, how do you applaud yourself? Like, Heather, Heather encourages me. <laughs> stickers. I love that. What if you just... Boom. Why is your guitar covered in so many stickers? <laughs> or your, your vest Just your own body. Your, your coat just has so many stickers. Today, Today I, today I wrote, I played a verse. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Heather's a huge believer in like positive reinforcement and mm -hmm. she'll like if I tell her something hard that I'm working on, she'll always be like, "So, what are you doing to reward yourself when you're done with it?" Mm. Like it's so good. She she's so consistent in saying that and I'll be like, "Oh, I have to do this and this and this." And she'll be like, "Oh, what are you going to do for yourself when you're done?" Damn it. I'm going <laughs> to give myself ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. It's so good. And I've been I've been trying to think about that too with like, I'm going to play music for an hour and after that hour I'm going to watch a show I've been wanting to watch because yeah. that would feel nice. And I won't feel bad because I played my hour today, right. you know? And maybe it is that setting your rewards up is like, when I'm done with this, I will have that. Like, we're like treating ourselves like children. We should. we should. We're, sh we're children. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the setting of a stage is, is nothing but expectations. It's, mm. I'm going to come out, there's ceremony, I'm going to play music. It's not going to be crazy, crazy long unless we agree beforehand that it's going to be. But you're going to know it's going to be about three to four minutes a song. Yeah. And then when I'm done, you'll applaud and I'll feel good and then I'll do another one. Yeah. And then we'll be done after a certain point and right. we'll go away. Like, there's all of these expectations. There's all this positive reinforcement. Why can't we just do it for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's interesting thing. as you're walking me through that stage experience, it... I'm, it makes me think of what is it that I'm looking for in a performance. Like, what moment will feel satisfactory to me? And when you say, like, applause, it makes me think, oh, I don't think that I'm really in it for applause. Like, mm -hmm. that that's not a motivator for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just thinking about, you know, at what point do I imagine myself to be satisfied with whatever I just did. Is totally. it is it the pat on the back from, you know, the, the person on the stage? Is it the person at the merch table mm -hmm. that's like, that was really cool? Or is it is it the applause? Or is it the is one it just a whistle? physical sensation? Yeah. Like of like as you're actively doing it and it's it yeah. feels like ecstatic to yeah. be on a stage, to have eyes on you, to be presenting ideas that you believe are true. Yeah. You know? I think like that the applause is also going away from, like, we should applaud ourselves, which I love that. I think that's so beautiful. But the applause is, is definitely not um, is why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. I think what that is is a, 
is an opportunity for the audience. It's more about them mm-hmm. than it is about us. It's like saying thank you, not mm-hmm. because somebody expects you to say thank you or wants to, mm-hmm. but it's an opportunity for you to say, I am grateful, mm-hmm. which is not as much about someone else hearing you say, I am grateful, as it is for you to be grateful for mm-hmm. something in action or mm-hmm. in words or in deeds in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To say, like, yeah, I resonate with that. There's this whole study that I don't remember mm. anything about or mm-hmm. where it comes from, or but it makes me think about there's, like, when there's all this clapping in the Bible <laughs> in different places, mm-hmm. and it's all for a reason. And I remember hearing some thing... <laughs> a sermon or a podcast or something mm-hmm. about how how intensely important that clap was and then it went into the history of a clap or like mm-hmm. why people clap and one of it was you know is the participation and sure. the and the thankfulness and mm-hmm. that's why you clap and so i <laughs> wish i remembered anything more than that. i mean you just explained but... it beautifully <laughs> but it was I... this podcast you just heard I, heard. I remember the future now it's the past <laughs> No wonder I don't remember any details. There weren't any. <laughs> there weren't any. It was all the future. Like the people listening to this, they don't exist yet. It's true. It's true. Right? They don't moment. exist. They, they, don't don't know. Know. they don't know yet. But they will. Oh, right now. And we'll, all, we'll all go and do our research and learn about clapping. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. I think that's beautiful. Do you want to talk about religion stuff? I didn't know if you wanted to talk about religion oh, stuff. Religion on Because you brought up the Bible. You went there. But the, the Bible's not religious. Okay. It's a book. Go ahead. What am I <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would never do that in real life. <laughs> this is real life. Um, I think that I've always found it funny, though, or funny. I think that you've always connected with spirituality mm-hmm. and, like, um, maybe even the magic of spirituality in yeah. a really different way than I have. And I think it's beautiful, and I've always found it fascinating. <laughs> like, in, like, a wow, that's not what I think... Or how I uh, approach that, but I think Mm -hmm. it's awesome, and I think it's so, so cool. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that I've seen be true for you and Mm -hmm. not be, how do I say it, weird? I don't think you've been weird. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you Listen, everybody, he doesn't think I'm weird. weird. I think you definitely, (laughs) like, I don't know, there's, like, some, there's some crazy Jesus magic stuff that you're all about, but you're also not a weirdo. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed. I want to be weirder then. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I actually, I think I would, I say magical sometimes. Mm-hmm. I would like to replace it with mystical. Ooh, I, I love think, the word, word mystical. I think that magic is a word that belongs in a different place. And I think that mystical belongs in this more uh, lighter spirituality, hmm. I think, than I think magic belongs, has some dark weight to it, mm. or mystical has some yeah, it's, lighter. It's, words matter. Words matter. But yeah. I wish they didn't sometimes. <laughs> like, it's like, all right, that has all this connotation that makes yeah. people go, ooh, and yeah. Well, it's like clapping. Right. <laughs> Here I am talking about clapping, and there's mm-hmm. this whole historical background to why someone claps. Right. But, totally. yeah, mystical magic, yeah. I'd like to say that I believe in... Mystical things. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, could, I could resonate with mystical things. I yeah. think that what's nice about that is mystical has, like, this connotation of, like, super unknown, don't know what it is. Yeah. I think that weird stuff's out there. I yeah. think that mystical, yeah. in air quotes, is out there. Yeah. And I could definitely be like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I was listening to somebody talk about what the role of a rabbi was mm. and kind of, like, what made you a really good rabbi is based on what um, 
kind of questions you asked. You were a question asker. Mm. That's what a rabbi was. I, I don't. That. Uh, again, yeah, <laughs> I which is funny because it's, good at it's teacher. Fact, fact is the translation checking. of it, but like it's not teacher as in like here are the answers, but here are the questions. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think that that's something that a lot of religions have done a, a frustrating job with is mm. becoming answers rather than you know answer givers than totally. than, than excellent question askers and I think then with a mystical um, belief system when you ask a question uh, I think outside of interpersonal or or human questioning you're asking a very big question you're waiting for an answer from something that's really big and Mm -hmm. I think that that's where relationship or like Mm. talking to this big thing or you know that um that becomes important and that becomes where the answers actually live is mm-hmm. in this more mystical phenomena between human and deity. Right. And I think that religions try to make answers or, or hear answers that are important or could be an answer that they were given from deity, but for themselves, mm-hmm. for their belief system at the time, that was important, but it got translated and transferred human to human to human to human and people mm-hmm. stopped asking deity the questions and people just stopped asking questions because mm-hmm. the answers were just fed to them. I love and that. So I think that that, like living in a more mystical spirituality mm-hmm. makes it a makes it a lifestyle as well. I don't need, I don't need walls. I don't need, you know, a certain thing that tells me what to do or um, certain people around me and just those people mm-hmm. that keep me going right. I can still live on the planet mm-hmm. <laughs> earth and mm-hmm. be like you know maybe not such a weirdo I yeah, can just live totally. in the world and believe the things I believe totally and I think that that is a big part of the not being a weirdo is not <laughs> be the person going I got the answer I've got it instead <laughs> just being a person being like oh yeah we're all asking the question mm-hmm. we're all saying what happens after you die <laughs> The weirdos of the people saying, oh, this. <laughs> Wait a minute, are you still alive? I'm confused. Don't you fucking know. You don't fucking know. Get out of here, you weirdo. Yeah. And I love that. I think that yeah. that is what's so beautiful is it's definitely that saying, like, are you a religious person? Yeah, I'm all about asking questions. <laughs> I'm all about asking questions. I think they're great. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a beautiful answer and definitely spells out why. Um, I think that you have always had that approach to it. And I... You, you talk a lot about being like, I'm maturing, I'm growing in these certain ways, but that's something that I've seen you have that, I have seen you have that maturity for a long, long time, and like, I feel like I'm only coming to understand that about myself, and coming to a place where I'm like, okay, I can, I can get on your level with that, but I feel like you've carried that for a long time, and it's really mm. impressive. Thank you. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. I feel, I don't, I don't know, though, do you feel like that permeates those, those type of, kind of like... Spiritual being, like, if spiritual is everything. But, like, those question concepts come into your music and come into your art as well. Do you feel like that's mm. happening as well? Or is it more about, like, daily life? and? Oh, it definitely is in the creative sure. stuff, too. I mm-hmm. think a lot of times about how my art can be uh, sad. I write sad songs. Mm-hmm. Break up sad songs. Wham, wham, wham. Yeah. You know, like, for me, I experience this. You yep. know, and I'm a very literal writer, so sure. God bless all those people that will know it's them in the future. Yeah. Because you will. <laughs> You're gonna know. And we can have a 
conversation. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving my phone number. Don't put your phone number on the podcast. Oh. Okay. Deal. <laughs> um, home address? Yeah, that's it. So cool. <laughs> Wait, I don't have one. Oh, right. Just find me in my yeah. white car named Dave. Just keep... Okay. Um, I think that I... I've struggled a long time about wanting to create out of a place of purity in, in like, not out of whininess hmm. or darkness or poor me or pity or anxiety. You know, all this stuff, depression. I don't want to write from that because the song gets permeated with that. And then the listener also gets that. Hmm. And I think we were talking about words are important. Sure. I think that as a creator, you kind of wrap this thing in whatever feelings or emotional stuff is happening into a song and so you know you listen to some songs and they feel like super light and airy Mm -hmm. and you love them or there are other ones that just bring you down or that feed your yeah anger they allow you yeah maybe you want to feel anger they're gonna let you feel that anger. yeah yeah exactly and i and some that you're happy and all of a sudden you feel sad or some that you were sad and they bring you up and Mm -hmm. i think that as a creator you are influencing the experience of the listener not always some people don't get nothing they've got no filter or they've got an extra filter and they can't feel anything and it's just up to their own interpretation but i've been influenced so heavily as a music lover by Mm -hmm. whatever spirit or you know atmosphere that that song is creating Mm -hmm. for me because of what the creator was feeling at the time which i think is when you feel connected to a song sure when something resonates and you're like i didn't know how to feel this thing and it's a and i'm feeling it fully in this moment yeah yeah and there have been times now where i've been really convicted by music where i wasn't supposed to listen to it and i did anyways Mm. and there have been times when it just fed my depression Mm -hmm. instead of me finding a way out and managing the situation it just let me live there Mm -hmm. and and then now I'm starting to kind of even manage what I'm listening to based on how I'm feeling mm-hmm. to make sure I'm not creating like an unsafe world around me. Right. Just to like unstable. take that idea. I've definitely been thinking about that a lot. And I think that, yes, totally, there is the possibility for some songs to distract enough that you are less aware that you're feeling depressed. Sure. I think that that's one of those unique things. But I really don't think that... I, I just, I, and I'm sure other people are going to be like, nope, that's my body, and it does this, and it works this way, and that's mm-hmm. fine, but I feel very much like there are songs I can listen to that will empower anxieties or depressions, um, and there are also songs that will distract, but I don't really know a lot of music that's going to be like, oh, you were depressed? I got you out of it. I grabbed <laughs> you, and I just ripped you right out of that. Yeah. Kind of like, there are foods that I can eat, <laughs> and like they're going to make me feel fine, or there's going to make me, if I'm feeling uh, hungry, they're going to fill me up. Or there's going to be foods that make me feel nothing. But there's no foods I can a- eat that are going to make me feel less full. Like, it kind of goes <laughs> yeah, one direction. That is true. Like, and I think that it's all about, like, recognize the tool for what it is. If you're mm-hmm. super, super depressed and you want to, like, allow that to happen, music can do that if mm-hmm. you want to give it permission. Or if you want to distract, you can do that. Yeah. But there's likely not a lot of music out there that's literally going to say you're depressed and now you're not (laughs) like that's not what that tool does I really don't think so that's a really it's a really good point and I think that that's part of something that I want to participate in the potential of Mm -hmm. that music it doesn't in your right exist so much I think that um 
um, yeah, I think that that's just maybe a thing that I'd like to try to do mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to create out of a place, um, uh, even if it's sad music yeah. or even if it's, you know, about something that's really sad, my personal state at the time of creating that work, I think really changes the mood of it. Mm. Cause I, and I think that you can see it in different examples. I heard it told, um, like if you listen to a Damien Rice song, sure. you know, there's kind of an air around it that you're going to feel really crappy. Mm-hmm. And you're in, or you're gonna just feel a lot, yeah, a lot. But for me, let's say, and and maybe this is person to person as well. Like I listen to a David Bazan song, and he's writing about some really heavy, heavy stuff. Sure. And for me, I don't feel bad no. after I listen to it. No, There's not something at all. about it. I feel like it gave. Resolved. It was like finally someone saying these things out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I remember hearing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and even, like, not content-wise, but even the, the spirit of the music right. wasn't necessarily, I'm creating out of depression. I'm creating out of a place of some sort of health. Mm, okay, and I get what you're saying. whether yeah. I agree with where he's at or not, I, I, he doesn't, he's not creating because he's, like, whining or sad. He's, like muscling through some mm-hmm. sort of experience and writing about it. Right. Not he, to stay there, but mm-hmm. to grow. Right. And, and mature. And really believes, like, because he believes he's doing an important and good thing, and he's like, I'm, I have a responsibility to say these types of things in my mm-hmm. music, that you resonate with that. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a hero story. That's someone sure. who's like, I'm met with a choice I don't want to make. It would be easy to to sing the things I was singing before, but instead I'll sing the hard things. Yeah. yeah. And totally. I think even beyond knowing, I mean, he's from the Northwest Week, I know him around town. Sure. And know some of his story, maybe he's a bad example, but just in that, in the feelings of it all, not even knowing his backstory, not even knowing Mm-mm. anything about him, the feelings of the songs yeah. are different. I think you can definitely feel it. And, I, and, and it might change person to person yeah. as well, or it triggers or it resonates with people in different yeah. ways. I mean, we're, we're talking about two albums ago, right? We're talking about <laughs> Curse Your Branches. Sure. sure. I mean, yeah. an, anything. Yeah. I haven't. I actually did listen to one of his new ones oh, yeah? a couple times. The but. the stuff on it, I will say, the, the stuff that he just released that's, I think, almost like six months, maybe it's a year old now, I don't know. But that some of that brand new stuff, like I feel like that, as much as I made that joke, I do still feel like I get that same sense of like, you're still saying like beautiful things. There's this great song he's got called Oblivion, mm-hmm. where it's he's got like this strong sa- song of like, you know, he's putting so much effort into and work into this music that he's creating. But he's talking about, like, uh, he gives this sense of, like, feeling like he's not feeding his family. And he's, like, having Mm. to put so much into it. And, like, what is the value of this? And, Mm. like, it doesn't make you feel like he's going to stop. Like, Mm. that he's, like, convincing himself to leave. It's more like he's saying, like, this is is how I feel about this. Mm. And I'm wrestling with it. And I'm sure people do this all the time. And, like, people can, I can resonate with the things he's saying that. And it's mm-hmm. so good. And it's also super poppy and really good. And a synth song. <laughs> Yay, pop music. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But then I think even in some, like, really candy pop music, yeah. you can hear sadness. Yeah. And that brings you down. Oh, or, totally. You know, it's not necessarily content, but I think the, the creator's, uh, the, the creator's, personal life or personal mm-hmm. stuff at the time of creation and I think that that's something that spirituality and mysticism this kind of stuff is that I would and how it affects my music is that I've been creating out of a place of anxiety and mm. depression and I would like to know what it's like to create out of a place of yeah. 
of lightness, peace. Yeah, and... I think it's I think it's Dave Grohl. There's this documentary I remember seeing where he talks about like when we were writing when we were in Nirvana and when we were in early Foo mm-hmm. Fighters, like we were writing in basements. That's where we were making all of our music, and you mm-hmm. can hear it in the sound. It sounds mm-hmm. like music being made in basements, mm-hmm. and like other people who are making music in nice studios or people who are making music out on the beach, like you hear the environment and the mm-hmm. emotional environment mm-hmm. that is created in those. It permeates the song. It's yeah. gonna sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Totally. So I don't have any examples. <laughs> no. It's a new journey, but it's definitely an interesting concept mm-hmm. of what do you create? Where do you? Where does your creativity come from? Sure. And and is it yours? Do you participate? Um, I remember touring with Damian Gerardo and how he talked about how there's songs just floating around and he was just grabbing onto them. Like mm. a lot of them he didn't feel any sort of personal connection to. Sure. He just grabbed a song out of the air. Yeah. And and so there's, you know, where is creativity? Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing with it? And mm-hmm. how are you, you know, is it meant, and, and maybe your worldview on creativity, is it sure. meant for yourself to get something out? Is it meant to sure. give to someone else? Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert talks uh, about this on some of her podcasts and some of her uh, things that she's been on, but she really talks about creativity as like this other being. And if you're mean to your creativity and if you're like unkind to it, like why right. would it come to you? Like it'd right. be like a cat that you keep on hitting. Or like Is this they, the one that talks about the genius? Does uh, she have a TED she, talk or something? I don't know. She, she's Ypres Love and she did a oh, bunch right. of other things. I think it was her then. Yeah, I maybe. I listened to, I think it was her that was talking she's, about your creative, Yeah. the word genius. You know what? I've never genius? listened to a genius? TED talk. What? Nope, never listened to a TED Talk. There's some really good I ones. believe it. There's some That's really just, bad ones yeah. that are so boring. You know, it, it's just one of those things where I think like the first someone <laughs> time some someone was like, watch this TED Talk, it was the wrong person to tell me to oh, watch something. No. I was like, great, you're the type of person oh, who watches no. that shit. I'm never watching and it. And then that and just so I've never, colored, No, I've colored never watched a TED Talk. Well, yeah, well. Well, I'll send you all the good ones. Oh, good. Well, I bet I'll open them. Uh, <laughs> but she was talking about that idea of creativity, and like, yeah. if you're if you're a dick to your creativity, why would it come around? Yeah. And also, and and just be, instead, just being in a place where you are open and receptive. And it seems like uh, Gerardo's doing similar stuff, where mm. he's where he's saying like, you know. I didn't have necessarily like this deep connection with it, but I'm in touch with my creativity. Mm-hmm. My creativity is like a dog bringing me dead birds. It's like, how about this one? You say, okay, thank you. Thank you, dog. That's so good. <laughs> okay, this is another song. This means nothing to me, but it means something to you. So I'll just, I'll put it out there. <laughs> that's a really good analogy. Yeah. Sometimes my really songs just feel like dead birds. And you're like, oh, I really didn't want this song. I don't need this, but wow, this is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's really interesting. Yeah, I had, um, I think even, like, it It came out of, of relationship stuff, too, where I, I, the whole thought was, if I'm sad and depressed as a single person, writing about my breakups and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, all this or these almosts that didn't happen, that's kind of, that's the source, that's the information, that's the experience that I'm translating into a musical whatever. Sure. And I mean, we all have those, that's what most music is about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the depth. Yeah, 80%. love unrequited, that's everything. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's all of it. And so then I, I've been questioning, like, when all those and I don't know that they necessarily get answered by having all of those questions or that those feelings get answered by being in a relationship 
that that works out. Mm-hmm. But it makes me think of at that point, how would how would I be creating if those were the if you know love loved me back? What mm. would I be writing about? Right. What would the content be? Well, and you also talk about that idea of like a relationship that works out, which is essentially we're together for a really long time and then one of us dies and then the <laughs> other one eventually dies. Or like, like that's it. That's what it works out. And so I think yeah. that even if it, even if it quote sure. unquote works out, it's just like, it's not saying we're going to be together forever. It's saying we're going to be living our life. We're going to continue engaging in this uncomfortable thing and it's going to have highs and lows. And so, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that if you're in a relationship and you're like, am I going to lose all my breakup material? Hell no. You're going <laughs> to keep on hitting those low moans. Yeah. But then you're going to wake up next to them and be like, fuck, we're still doing this. <laughs> we're yeah. still working on this shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a good point. And I, I it's, it's just a, I think it helps me think about how to access that information now. Mm. I guess that future me that maybe writes lighter music or right. or or maybe doesn't or writes just out of a different place can i write that way now sure. or is it only based on my current experience or can i tap into a different source of creativity sure i feel like so much of my music i can relate to that in that it's about especially right now it's about like the difficulty and frustration in relationships or the feeling of inability to, like, help someone. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of these ideas uh, come into it with it, whether it's mental health or it's uh, physical circumstances or whatever. Like, these are ideas that are, like, over and over coming up and stuff I'm writing, but it's coming from a place of, but I'm still trying, but Mm -hmm. I'm still going. And, like, it's a mantra that I'm singing to myself (laughs) and I'm saying to other people, like, Yes, we're all living through this shit. Let's keep doing it. We've got mm-hmm. this. Like, we we just got to keep going, you yeah. know? And so yeah. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with reading, with the singing of sad songs. Mm-hmm. Sad. <laughs> but but just saying, like, this has a purpose. Yeah. And, 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 like, letting yourself, I love that being in a place where you feel like it looks like what you want your life to be and you're crafting a universe that is the universe you want to believe in, the one you want to live in, that Mm -hmm. you want to be sharing out to other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing right. I think you're going to do it. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. And I think that that's a part of this whole new experience back, you know, reopening or writing a new chapter, Mm -hmm. all this about being here in Seattle, but also a new chapter in I desire... Um, you know, stability in work and money and lifestyle. And so now I'm going to get a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And then how is that going to affect this musical experience? And and, and then just thinking about how it will naturally because I'm not going to stop that. And um, it's just a new new things all around. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see how... um, uh, I guess how it's all going to come together is mm-hmm. the cheesiest way. But just in this, these new beginnings, kind of, I have an opportunity to craft yeah. what this experience is going to look like or how it starts is, is a really big deal. Sure. And I think, I think that that's the truth, is you have the choice to say, like, okay, what's the starting point? Mm-hmm. But, like, 
I think that you're also someone who knows, like, at any point, I can correct course. Like, I think that yeah. you're not setting yourself up to be trapped. And I think that that's something I really admire mm-hmm. about you, is you're not someone to be trapped by things. You're, <laughs> you're very much like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then you move. And I think that's great. <laughs> I would love to be more like that. I think that's a great quality. Yeah. I'm, I've, I'm, I'm learning more and more about it, especially coming back. Sure. Learning about how that leaving or those different places, what they really meant to me because in the moment you're just like frantic panicking and you do a thing it's not necessarily made out of like this right. is a great decision right. and i'm so free that i can do this yeah. you know what a joy mm-hmm. it's more like oh this is not working yeah, i need is, to get out of here i either leave or i die <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. very much so and so it's interesting to see how um i've started that i started that pattern in mm-hmm. a way and how being here is an opportunity to address some of those patterns and mm-hmm. um and and not necessarily believe that I'm always running away but mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm just curious and I keep being curious and mm-hmm. I'm curious again yeah. it's not necessarily I'm like oh this is bad it's like I want to go see something new now I figured this mm-hmm. one thing out now I want to go and be challenged by you know another language yeah. <laughs> what yeah I think that's fine <laughs> do you feel like you have the ability to forgive yourself for moving around <laughs> What do you mean? Like, I feel like you, you're, before you talked about like, oh, I do these things and I, I it has been sort of reactionary oh, at yeah. times. Yeah. Do you feel like you're like, that's okay. I'm going to give myself permission to have done that in the past and not like carry that on as a fault right. I did. Or is that something that you're like, I have to forgive myself about that? I think that coming back here is, is just a part of that answer. I don't mm. know that I could answer that. Sure. But I think that, yeah, I think that this time around in a way (laughs) I I'm gifted with the the familiarity of the fact that I have friends here and I know the city Mm. I know what roads to go down I don't have to re-figure that out but also there's I'm new you're new you Mm. know you're fresh all these things have happened things have so it's not it's not boring yeah it's just I have the opportunity where I don't have to start totally fresh but I also get to start fresh if that makes any sense totally um, so Bonnie Bear just released his new album Mm -hmm. last week and it's amazing it's killer but like a bunch of other albums came out at the same time and I kind of hit this moment where I was like I'm gonna listen to the other albums that came out because I'm I've listened to Bonnie Bear's like five times in two days yeah um which I don't want to do that to myself I don't want to kill it for me um and so I listened to Regina Spector's new album which oh, I used to wow. love Regina Spector she was one of my favorite I didn't artists know she had a new one she does okay. and she has this song on it called Obsolete mm-hmm. and she talks about like it's really putting out this idea of like I'm doing this again I'm still doing this. I've mm. been doing this. And, like, if no one's engaging with it, am I, am I obsolete? If, like, if I'm mm. less important. And I feel like it's a very much, like, rather than being, like, I'm still here, it's more of, like, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah. And, like, she's saying, um, I know that I'm not going to sell as much music as I used to. I know that I'm not going to have my, like, day in the sun that I had before. But I'm still engaging with this because this is, like, like, even if, like, I come back and it's not the, like, okay, last time was great and this time's better and then it's always building, building, building on itself. It's to say, like, no, it's just, I'm just living my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just making music because I love it. Yeah. And it sounds 
it's like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is so sad. And the second time I heard it, I was like, this is such a beautiful song because she's just being okay with being less important. Mm. And like, and recognizing that important means very little and yeah. that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very relative. That's a really good You should point. listen to it. You'd yeah. really like it. It's really <laughs> I good. Will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. But I, yeah, it's interesting just that idea of, of, uh, am I, yeah, am I still important? Am I still it's, relevant? Yeah. Am I, and, and does it matter? Right. And that's not something, and that's <laughs> not something about to be proved. Sure. That's something that hmm. is inherently true in your being right now. Yeah. Am I important? Yes. Hmm. Because I am, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that like, I think that that's so true when you enter into that new stage, you enter into that new phase that I hope you're just giving yourself like that grace to say like, I'm not going to do perfect. Yeah. I never have before. Why would I do perfect now? I'm not going to do better or worse. I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And, and I'm just going to be here. Yeah. You know? God bless like, going into your 30s. Right? I think, I think honestly, yeah. I'll get there. Honestly, I think, it, you know, that's just a time period of, you know, between 25 and 30. You're just mm-hmm. like, what am I? Who am I? I put yeah. so much work into things I wanted. Do I still want them, you know, with mm-hmm. college or in different education tracks or, you know, me traveling, like, the identity that you think that you want to be that you don't necessarily become and then the reality of who you are and still being smart enough hopefully to realize you have the power to to be and do what you want Mm -hmm. from there from that revelation of oh this is not what I thought it was going to be like totally and so I think I, I mean I think that that's kind of a part of my Sure. And I think it's new I, thing. Here. Right. I think it's part of like <laughs> evolutionarily, like yeah. we are reaching the point where normally our species dies. Like <laughs> this is the point where the human body like starts getting eaten by other things. Yeah. And like in the past, you didn't live into your forties. Who was in their forties? And so like mm. there was like this like I have to like evolutionary like yeah okay my dog is really loud sorry um i left out i know i know you're having fun out there uh i uh i think that it's so funny like that idea of like we we were built to be like achieve 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 like see this vision of what you can become and that's what brought our species to like be more to to grow to create these different things is you have this projection of what it means to achieve success Mm -hmm. and that's how we become Mm -hmm. and then you hit this moment later on what (laughs) what was used to be later on in your life and you come to this place of like okay there's no longer any growing to do this is who I am Mm -hmm. but now we're like no I've got like maybe like 40 or 50 more years I'm not even halfway (laughs) there and so you're like fighting against that like it's it's literally letting things die. It's part of you is dying. Like maybe our evolution, like our culture <laughs> I has just made, get glasses, right? Right. <laughs> Feeling more basic, more fragile. Basic. How about you a coffin right now? <laughs> but it is that like I think it's important to let that die and to mourn it and to say yeah. goodbye. Past projections of who I would become. Yeah. You serve me well. I'm gonna be so much more and different than I ever thought it was going to be because what it is is it's going to be real rather than an ideal or an idea. It's going to be something I actually am. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever makes it past whatever we're all going through right now, us millennials, like we're just like, bravo, we're going to be really cool. It's it's crippling debt. (laughs) Oh, that's what it is. That's that's what that is. I I didn't do that. (laughs) I know. Not going to college. See? See? I didn't go to college. I just... 
was poor forever. Yep. That's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, different paths for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm thankful for this opportunity because mm-hmm. also I don't think that a lot of people get that opportunity to no. go and come back or see or challenge themselves in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think a lot of people don't let themselves have that opportunity. Well, maybe. You know, well, I mean, what can I say? You know, this is me speaking from like a white privileged <laughs> position where I got to go to college and things. But and yeah. some people are like, no, I had to support people who have always been dependent on me. I've always been needed to take care of others. Yeah. And that really limits you. That restricts you. And so, yeah. like, I recognize that statement as, well, that's pretty privileged. Thing oh, to say yeah. No, to. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even anything I've experienced is just our privilege. Being American, I think, sure. after a lot of things that I've seen is also a privilege. Yeah. Dual and, citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I think that it's some of, a lot of our social problems are actually out of privilege. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our fights and a lot of, a lot of our racism and, and, you know, belief systems, like there are places where you don't get... You don't get to be pro-life. You don't get to be pro-choice. You just get to hopefully live another day. Yeah. You don't totally. get that privilege no, to make a decision. No, why would you decision. be concerned about that? No. <laughs> you might not make it back tonight. <laughs> why yeah. would you give a fuck about that? Exactly. Yeah, and so there's, I think that I've learned, and uh, just to be thankful for where, you know, where you're at. You know, we have a computer. We have a microphone. We have, sure. you know, a lot of things that to even create this moment. And the people who are listening also have gadgets and gizmos sure. that, allow them to have these opportunities sure Um, and I I love that I think it's I think it's so beautiful to be aware of that mm -hmm. and then to say at the same time that doesn't negate the pains and the things that we were talking about oh yeah I've I've been jumping in this idea a lot with people I feel like um everyone's right now should and is having the conversation about about white privilege or about your Mm -hmm. own privilege being whatever Mm -hmm. economic or background or lack thereof you're you're Mm -hmm. coming from um, just having more awareness because um, I think the the gut reaction of so many people uh, that I see on Facebook, that horrible thing, the gut reaction mm-hmm. I see of so many people is people who are in crippling debt, who are struggling, who went to college and then it didn't matter, they still can't get a job. And then everyone's telling them, like, you're privileged. And they're yeah. furious yeah. because they're like, no, I am working my ass off. I did everything I was supposed to and I don't have anything and if you tell me <laughs> that I'm privileged, that means now I have only myself to blame. Mm-hmm. For that, I can't blame society because society <laughs> is saying, no, 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 you're privileged. Like, of yeah. course they're going to be mad. Of course they're going to, like, go against, like, Black Lives Matter or something like that. Because they're saying if, if, like, Black Lives Matter says that they had less opportunity and I'm still achieving less, then, then they make themselves the other. And I think it's just saying, like, no, it has nothing to do with, like, your pain and experiencing that, like, is allowed simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Be aware of your pain. Be sorrowful for your pain. Oh, and yeah. then also recognize your privilege, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, empathy is really important. Absolutely. And just to understand. And I, but I think you can only understand if you, like you're saying, be, are being a, are aware. And mm-hmm. I don't think that anybody who feels like someone's more privileged than them hopefully they don't wish for that person to be just as unprivileged as they are. Right. And I think that that's something that, you that's know, an whatever... Easy, I think it's an easy thing to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. then you're destroying the hierarchy by... by <laughs> yeah, down, right down. But I think that there are a lot of people that are... That would... It would be such a bummer if, if you know, your privilege became something that you were ashamed of. Right. And I think that that's something that's interesting as well. 
is I think that if you're a privileged person, then do as much as you can. Yeah, then give. To, <laughs> yeah, to give. give and give and give. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Be who you were created to be. You know, whether you believe in a creator or not, you also are in a certain situation that that you know you're not supposed to just go live in the slums because you want to, you know, empathize. You should you should go and do mm-hmm. a thing because you have this sort of. Sure. Um, one of my, one of my most, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but one of the most like helpful things for me was our friend, my friend Ryan, who was one of the earliest people on the podcast. Um, when I was talking about like stopping working in mental health and feeling a lot of guilt about that, mm. um, he talked about this idea of what this, oh my gosh, my dog's so loud. She's <laughs> so cute. I know. She talked a lot about the idea of, or he talked a lot about the idea of the Sabbath being not a time where like, about this being this time where everyone gives. Like, mm. the entire community stops and gives something, hmm. rather than uh, this modern mentality where everyone thinks they're supposed to be the Christ figure, where everyone's like, oh, I'm supposed to sacrifice myself on the cross. Um, hmm. Then you have people who are either willing to do that or not willing to do that, and you have a strong disparity of people who have given everything and people who have given nothing. Instead, it's saying, no, everyone gives something. Wow. Everyone give a little bit, and like that's what like a beautiful community is. I think I was talking yeah. about that with Naya because he's talking about, he was talking about going to music and going to shows and, and wow. like be having that be part of like give to the community, give to yeah. others in whatever yeah. way you can. That's really interesting. Thinking yeah. about those days of rest, I think we think of, I need to recuperate. Right. I am tired. I mm-hmm. need to just Got nothing chill. to do with you. And that is interesting that if you were in a community that where everybody gave, mm-hmm. how light you would still feel. Right. <laughs> you would feel mm-hmm. so taken care of in the midst of also giving. Absolutely. So satisfying. I love it. That would be amazing. I'm going to do <laughs> We're all going to throw our phones in the trash, moving together. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm, I'm, you have to. <laughs> Who wants to do that with me? Anybody? Here's my home address. Crickets. One eight hundred Dave. Before the you white give your car. numbers away, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for having me.